Hey there, guys. It's Editor Jackson. You know what that means. Either real messed up episode or something broke. And in this case, it's both. In this episode, our video signal cuts out halfway through, which kind of sucks given the nature of the episode. But along with that, we also talk a lot about illness and death and grieving in this episode, and that can be triggering to some people. So I just wanted to give a quick little trigger warning. Other than that, Enjoy the episode, and if you uh, gotta sit out on this one, then we'll see you next Wednesday. Do that to me. I feel, like it, I feel like it's a whole brand new podcast. Yeah, dude. It really does feel like a whole new podcast. It's crazy. Let's make a podcast. Hey. Howdy, bitch. How's it going? <laughs> Welcome to Coming Up for Air, an introspective podcast. I'm your co-host, Jackson. I'm your co-host, Brendan. And if uh, you're looking around, <laughs> if you're on the YouTube, you see things that look a little different here. Yeah, it feels it feels weird. <laughs> yeah, we have a, we got the new set together, so we're in a different locale. We're we're all gussied up, and it's only gonna go up from here. Yeah, we're only trying to add things, but uh, we'll talk about that more later, because uh, that's what I'm gonna talk about later. Hello, and we'll talk about all that stuff. But uh, in the interim. For our main topic today, we're talking about dealing with illness. That was a loud ass um, ankle snap. I ain't going to lie to you. Bro. Yeah, it was really loud. I bet it felt really good. I didn't. It feels nothing. Really? Yeah, my bro, bones pop so much. When I pop a bone, it like feels so good, bro. I even lie. Like I get such like. I just go. Even when I wake up in the morning, I like go downstairs. It's like. <laughs> I like sound like a Minecraft skeleton. That's disgusting. It's oh, like a fucking robot joints. booting up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid um, ass. But we're talking about dealing with illness, so it's going to be a pretty heavy episode. Good times. Yeah. And we'll kind of get into why we're talking about it and everything later. Uh, but we're going to talk about finding comfort, uh, healthy and unhealthy ways to cope, how to move forward, um, closure, and then like reactions and stuff like that. So we're going to talk about a whole list of things when it comes to this topic. Kind of fucking sucks, but yeah, that's why we talk about it. But yeah, before you talk about, we, obviously we're gonna do our little check in. But I want I want to talk about mine before yours because yours is a lot bigger. Yeah, that's fine. I think that it'll cue in anyway. Yeah, look, I think yeah it'll tie in lucky. Um, but uh, I don't know who the fuck soda popping is to be honest with you. I have no idea who this fucking dude is. Your microphone's covering your face. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Soda Popping's a variety content creator. He's a streamer. Yeah, no idea who this dude was, right? Um, but I just saw this clip on Ludwig's uh, YouTube channel on YouTube Shorts, and it's like obviously like a friendly beef. But he's like, oh, like I have this beef with a uh, friendly streamer, Soda Popping. Yeah, Chance Soda Popping. Yeah, and uh, he's like, so I invited Soda over to my house. He was like, and sort of thought it'd be a good idea to delete all my files on my computer. That's kind of funny. He was like, and so since he decided to ruin my computer, um, he forgot that he was logged into his account on Twitch on my computer. So I decided to just start some fucking drama in the Twitch community. So he goes into, uh, I think his name, Han. Hassan. Hassan? Yeah, Hassan. Yeah, Yeah, the just chatting dude. He won just chatting. Um, Yeah. Uh, streamer of the year and uh, so he goes in and uh, I think he's talking about like um, he like types into Hassan he's like you're so bad at video games loser and he goes you know you don't have to say that but you're right he goes but you don't have to like point that out 
And then he was like, oh, but like Soda, how you doing? Like, uh, like how was your Valentine's? And he was like, spending Valentine's with someone is better than not or just not having a Valentine's at all. And then he was like, all right, bro. He was like, you know, sometimes the words that you say fucking hurts, bro. <laughs> like, you really don't need to do that. And then all of a sudden it shows banned from chat. And then it's, it shows, it like uh, flashes to Ludwig and he like looks at the camera and he goes, <gasps> <laughs> and then that's the end of the clip like that. I didn't really look into it like that, but I just thought it was hilarious because it would remind me of like something like me and you would do. To, <laughs> it's something that me and you would do to each other 110%. True. Yeah, like I would totally forget that I like logged into some shit and you were it, like if we were obviously like at that point and we were able to like fuck with like, you know, all, everyone had a following, yada yada. You definitely would take the chance to be like, ah. oh, hello. <laughs> I'm I definitely a, would fuck with something. I'm a back. fuck around here. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Um, so, yeah, I just I just thought it was funny because, you know, they're just a bunch of fucking goons that make a lot of money by basically just fucking around with each other. Yeah, it's crazy. Can't I, I want to be there so bad. <laughs> like it just. So bad. Yeah. One day. Soon enough. So, speaking of Ludwig and Soda Poppin' and streamers and Hassan and him winning an award, uh, I want to talk about the Streamer Awards. Yeah. So these just happened. Uh, Streamer Awards event hosted by Cutie Cinderella. Um, And I kind of want to just go quickly over it. Some drama happened over one of the topics. Drama, as there always is, especially yeah. in the Twitch community. Um, but Streamer Awards literally is an event that kind of puts Oscars to shame. Like, Streamer Awards is such a good event. Like, she does a really, really good job with it. I swear. Yeah. If you if you haven't watched it, like, it's super worth it, even watching the VOD. Like, but it's a really entertaining, and it's a community that if you're involved in, there's a lot more, like, inside jokes. There's a lot of, like, love and passion really put into it, and it doesn't kind of just feel very... The Oscars kind of feels a little more on the nose and very, like wink winky where this is a little bit more like love and passion rather than obligation yeah and i feel like the bigger award shows are always like kind of like they try to do their like jokes or kind of do whatever but it's always like very like monotone like just energy yeah well like half the jokes for the opening of the oscars this year were jokes about will smith yeah because of last year yeah and it's like come on like yeah, and I mean, Chris Rock just dropped a special, yeah, uh, comedy yeah, yeah, special, yeah, yeah, yeah. and like towards the last like thirty minutes, he just goes on and on about it. Yeah, and don't get me wrong, like the man hasn't gone on an interview or anything like that in like a year, so he finally decides to talk about it. I was like, hey, bro, let him do his thing. Yeah, pop off or whatever. Get your but views, bro. Anyway, so we're gonna go quickly over the the uh, categories and who won them uh, for best MMO streamer. Asmgold won it. Uh, best Souls-like streamer, Miss Makia, Makaya. I don't really know. I don't watch her. Uh, I don't know. I probably am not going to know about 90% of these streamers. Yeah. Best art streamer was Meat Cannon, which is a funny name. What a guy. Uh, best strategy game streamer, Boxbox. Deserved. No idea who that is. He, he boxed, funny enough, in Ludwig's event. But he's a, he's a cool streamer. He's really good. Uh, best chess streamer, Gotham Chess, also deserved. Um, best League of Legends streamer was Lil Tyler One, because of course it's Tyler One. Oh, is that the dude that always wears the muscle shirt and shit? Um, and he's like skin, he's like buzz cut. He isn't buzz cut. That's his brother. He's bald. 
Tyler one's bald, but he's all he does wear the muscle shirts all the time. He's really big. He wears like the, the and like, he's got beef with dog. Yeah, <laughs> and he's always like. <gasps> he's always shouting. Yeah, he's always like, Doc, where, where's your arms at? Where's the meat at? Yeah. <laughs> um, best Battle Royale, It's Timmy won, deserved. Best yeah, music Timmy's streamer, T Pain, which is wild that Be- this is a wait, conversation we're having. Wait, best what? Best music streamer? Bro, have you seen his like intros in his stream? Yeah. He freestyles all of them. Yeah. He comes in on some hot ass shit. Yeah, no, it's just kind of wild that this is even a conversation that we're actually having right now. He like owns that space. Yeah, no, he's been in like multiple events and stuff too. He's he's a wild guy. He's it's kind of funny. And hey, you know TwitchCon's in Vegas, right? Yeah. This year? I kinda wanna go. We're going. Sick. No. When no, is no. it? October, I think. Yeah, I can go to that. No, we're going. I think the org's going too. Ooh. Yeah, I'll be there. Yeah, we're gonna we we're gonna just talk. For sure. Um, best FPS streamer, Asu, also pretty deserved. Best well, I don't know. I feel like that could be definitely be thrown up for. Like, I know. Don't get me wrong. I know Asu's like fucking God. Who else could go up for it? Like, to, for your reference, the people that were even up as an option was Flats, Super TF, Scump, and Summit. I don't think any of those guys. <laughs> summit's su- definitely not winning. No, summit's probably summit's big in the scene though. Like he's yeah, been there like, for a while. Yeah, it's just because he's an OG, you know. What yeah, I mean? but Asu definitely deserves it out of all of them. Yeah, out of all of those, I would definitely. Yeah, I, guess. I don't know who else would really go up against it. That's true. Like Timmy, maybe, but he he's already like he kind of already won battle royale, and I don't think he. I don't know how big he is in normal FPSs. That's true. Continue. Um, best speedrunners, Point Crow, also super deserved. Point Crow's really innovative Wicked. in that. Yeah, he's really innovative in the speedrunning scene. Super cool guy. Hidden Gym Award, King Samalot. I think that's just a small streamer award, uh, which is pretty cool. Uh, best IRL is Jake, Jake and Bake Live. Sure. Best roleplay streamer, Phenom. Phantom. Awesome. There's definitely a lot of these people we don't know, if you can tell. Best Valorant streamer. We're going to skip this one because this is where the drama happens. <laughs> We're going to roll back. Best Minecraft streamer, Quackity, which is kind of wild. Uh, Rising Star Award, Frogan. Stream Game of the Year, Elden Ring. Deserved. Yeah, everyone was running that bitch. Best content organization, offline TV. Because, of course, they're so, like, not offensive. I have no idea who that is. Offline TV is, like, I think Saikuno's in it, Pokimane. Oh, just that whole, like, PG-13 yeah, that gr- well, group? Mm, yes, but also some of the some of the people you think are in offline TV are not actually in offline TV. Uh-huh. It's kind of the running bit, is that there's a lot of people who don't actually know who an offline TV is, which is why I only said, like, the two people that I'm pretty sure are in it. And even that I don't 100% know if Sykuna's in it. I, um, bro, I used to... sure he is. I used to watch those Among Us videos. Among Us. I used to fucking consume that content like candy, like a fucking fat kid in a candy shop, dude. I would Not just, me. I would just sit there and just watch them play Among Us like, uh, like a Among fucking us. 
brain dead fucking moron. Not me. Yeah, I, oh, I used to eat that. And then when Timmy played or Tim played with like Cloaksy and like Nick and Ninja, bro, that shit was comedy. Or Nogla, no, Nogla was crazy. You know who Nogla is? Yeah, the Vanos guy. Yeah, dude, his voice. <laughs> yeah, his Irish ass. <laughs> He's so funny, bro. Yeah, you can mute it. I'm sorry. Uh, best philanthropic stream event. So philanthropic, if you don't know, is basically like a charity or someone who is giving something out. Philanthropy. Give back, yeah. Uh, 500 Mile Cyclothon by C-Dog VA. Uh, Connor Dog VA, he is, he has the, I think it's the Trash Taste podcast. Uh, or mm, it might be the Cold Ones podcast. I don't know. He's on a podcast. And he is, I think, Australian, and he lives in Japan. From down under. But he lives in Japan. Uh, he's in the Lugwood crew, crew, crew of people. Best VTuber, Iron Mouse. Uh, yeah, deserved. Best streamed event, Mogul chess boxing. Chess boxing one. Which, in my opinion, deserved. I think... There's a couple things that were really good though, like Point Crow Party was pretty good, and Camp Canute was pretty good, because uh, that got a lot of people like really hyped. Yeah, I only know about the chess boxing because of you. Yeah, but chess boxing was lit. <laughs> uh, best just chatting streamer was Hassan B. Uh, best variety streamer XQC. League of their own is Doug Doug. Game of the year gamer of the year is Tens. Streamer of the year was Kai. As, you know, deserved. Yeah, super deserved. He wasn't actually at the event, though. So they had a cardboard cutout of him that were going around. Yeah, I figured. I mean, I'll tell you what, though. Like, he hit over 300K. Yeah, he broke uh, Ludwig's. Which is crazy. Thing. Yeah. So, best Valorant streamer. Kaide, I think is how you say her name. I think so. Is who won it. And... A lot of people, the, it, the fan base is kind of split. Some of them are being real shitters about her winning, though. And now normally people, because what I originally thought was, it's because she's a girl. Oh. Uh, that was the first thing that came to my mind. I was like, oh, woman won Valorant streamer. One because booba. Oh, yeah. No, I feel you. Um, everyone kind of just like. Yeah. But so the reason why the fan base is kind of split is because people are saying it was stolen or like a a a throwaway win and she got pity votes basically because a month prior she came public on twitter with her diagnosis of leukemia uh so what's your take on that how do you feel about i think that that's super that's a super fucked answer to be like she only won because leukemia yeah because like obviously she was already up for the award yeah, you know, if you're up for the award, and it's funny because she went into it at, at her acceptance speech. She said, like, I didn't think I was going to win this. And I told Cutie, uh, the organization, organizer of the event, like, it's my make-a-wish to win the award. Which I also think is a very kind of no, so no choice of words because it's like... No, I think it's very valid if you're the person who's diagnosed with the make-a-wish typicals ailment. Yeah, I feel like I just wouldn't know how to respond to that. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. Which I think is kind of going to veer us into our main topic. Yeah. Uh, which is talking about illness. But 
to linger on it. I think that it's fine. I think that her saying that, I think she's trying to find comfort and enjoy the thing as best as possible. I think she also probably predicted she would get hate anyway. Yeah, like I said, uh, you know, when we talked about it a little bit before, uh, she had tweeted about it, and she was like, you know, I knew I was going to get hated if I won this award. She was like, I was kind of dreading, like, going into it. But, I mean, having somebody like... I think that it's weird because it's a fan-based event, so people, the people vote. Yeah. And it's like, why not just let that person have it? Yeah, like be if, happy for somebody. Yeah, like if people didn't feel bad enough to not vote for her, and still be like, you know, like, yo, she's a dope ass streamer. Like, regardless of everything, like, yeah, that's just like the cherry on top to do it, rather than like a pity vote. Well, it's the same thing as last year. People got really pissed off when Ludwig won Streamer of the Year because it's Cutie's event, and so they said it was rigged. Um, but that was also the same year Ludwig did the subathon. Mm. So it's like, how do you not? Yeah, it's like, obviously you see Kai do it, and he breaks the record. Obviously he's going to win Streamer of the Year. Yeah, so it's like, how would you not? Yeah, how do you not expect that to happen? Also, XQC's acceptance speech for his award, wild. <laughs> Why would he say? He gets up there and he goes, I, I was kind of hoping that I would, because, uh, you know, he always, the way he talks, he's like, dude, I, I was honestly hoping that I wouldn't win because I, d- I didn't have a speech prepared. I didn't want to talk up here. He's like, but I, I don't want to talk for 14 minutes, so I, I'm just going to cut this short. I think he's like, it's crazy that on all my down years, uh, on all my good years, I didn't win shit. But this is my worst year by far, personally, content creation wise, everything. It's my worst year by far performance. And yet I win this year. <laughs> he's like, thanks, everybody. <laughs> Walks off. Everyone's like, Jesus. Yeah. I was just like, <laughs> everyone's, everyone's like, wow, what a fucking acceptance speech. Yeah. But honestly, streamer words are crazy. The most XQC thing to happen for sure. You know what I mean? Like, if anyone else does it, it's like, all right, bro, chill out. XQC does it. We're all like, wow. This fucking guy gets a new set, thinks he could just throw shit around and swing a fucking mic in his mouth like it's a pain. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> so that I, I kind of want to veer us into our main topic. So dealing with illness. Yes. Yeah. So... Uh, Obviously, whenever we're talking about this, we don't mean just like getting the the achies. We don't mean getting cold or, you know, the Yovid. You know, we're talking about like either genetic or like a a serious diagnosis. One of them lifers. Yeah. Something that will alter the course. Um, So both of us have had experience with this kind of in our life. I think you should start. Yeah, I got you. Um... Yeah, I think a big thing for me is, like, uh, me and my brother kind of have this on-running, uh, like, joke right now that, because uh, my brother's married, and he's been married for, uh, I think, almost 10 years now. Um, it's crazy. That is crazy. I always thought your brother was younger. No, nah, he's running up. I think he just turned 28. He's he's kind of running up on 30 now. Mm. Yeah, he's getting an old man, bro. Um, but... We have like this on running joke, like uh because on my mother's side, uh let alone like m- my national my ethnicity is Puerto Rican. I'm hundred percent Puerto Rican, both sides of the family. Um and if you know anything about Puerto Ricans, um we're like known for losing our minds. Like for some reason, like there's something happened in Puerto Rico, like there's now a documentary happening now. 
um, where they're trying to do research and, like, come up with the reasoning on why basically, like, my parents' generation and, like, their generation and, like, everyone kind of, like, before me, yada, yada, everyone, once we got to, like, around, like, 70-ish, like, in between 70 and 80, just rapidly downhill, either dementia, Alzheimer's, like, we just lose our fucking minds. Some sort of neurological. Yeah, like, it, and okay. it's it's very common within Puerto Rican, like, the Puerto Rican nationality. Um, so me dealing with it in our family, uh, like, right now my grandmother has rapidly, like, it kind of started little by little, and, you know, obviously, like, the repeating words, and, like, you know, if you go shopping with her, She'd ask you like 16 times if we had something at the house, and you're like, yeah, you're good, bro. Um, So we have this on-running joke that like (laughs) every time he looks at his wife, he's like, babe, listen, if it goes out, if I just start losing my mind, bro, we kind of have to have like this like agreement, you know what I mean? Like I don't, because, you know, we always just fuck around with it because like, you know, the best way to cope about shit is just make dark humor jokes. Yeah. Um, And if you think that's fucked up, (laughs) <laughs> that's how it goes yeah it really is bro like the most people like i don't think you like anybody who i've met that has really really dealt with something like super like life altering like traumatic like traumatic traumatizing traumatizing oh well trying to mix fucking words together um is like they like the people who's really have dealt with it the best they always make jokes about it yeah I think and not like it's because laughter and making people smile is a form of healing yeah and it's obviously like it's it's a cure you know if you can't get something good out of that then you might as well get something good from it in another way Uh, yeah and i think that's why a lot of people like even at like funerals and stuff like that like they always try and crack jokes of like memories and stuff like that because like it's better to think of them in a positive manner rather than in uh, either of death or in the last few moments of their life and stuff like that which is why, like, I guess we can, I guess it kind of, for me, I can kind of lead this into, like, unhealthy ways of coping with um, the the illnesses. Because for me, I've kind of, as shitty as it is, I've kind of, like, not wanted to be around as much. Because for me, like, I've never really dealt with death, fortunately. Like, I've never had somebody really, really close to me that's, like, been, like, a very huge impact in my life suddenly just not be there. Yeah. And there's, a like, obviously a lot of people that I've known, including you, like, you've shared with me, like, your stories of, like, you know, losing people. And for me, like, I think the closest people that I lost were in high school, but I knew they were friends that OD'd, but I knew of them, like, through middle school. And for me, the biggest shock was just knowing that, like... More acquaintances than anything else. Yeah, and, like, we were all cool in middle school because you know how it is in middle school and stuff like that. But, like, I, they went, we went to different high schools and I never really talked to them again. But it was just the fact of, like, realizing, like, they were there at this time and were the same age and now they're not here anymore. You know what yeah. I mean? And I think that's been the biggest realization. But I've never had to physically deal with that. Um, And so, for me, I kind of just, like, out of sight, out of mind it. Um, and again, as shitty as it is, I got you, I've tried my like hardest not to really be around and kind of like attach whatever reasoning I want to it. Um, and I don't, I don't advise that for anybody because I don't know. My parents always tell me like, 
you know, you're not going to appreciate your grandparents until you're until they're gone. You know what I mean? And like, I kind of had a rocky with my grandparents, like on my dad's side. Um, just growing up as like a heavy kid, they were always very like apparent about me being heavy. Um, especially my grandfather, like he just made it very apparent, like, like bro, you're pretty big, like you should probably lose weight, like yada yada. Like he was just very straightforward with it. So I always held some kind of resentment towards it. Um, and for me, like it, that was kind of like my out of sight, out of mind reasoning. Cause like for me, I kind of just wanted to remember all the good moments. And then I guess like <laughs> as fucked up as it sounds, kind of just let time do its thing. Um, and you know, deal with it after, but I don't know. I've never really attached myself to the idea of like family. For me, it's very hard because I can probably say that I come from like I can I can definitely say I come from a broken family. You know what I mean? Um, regardless of the reasonings, um, like even my like me and my dad were talking about it the other day of like not having like the traits of like sitting at the family with the di- like dinner table um being around my cousins and like cuz like when my dad grew up like they would have family parties and stuff like that and like no matter how old you know my uncles aunts like grandparents like no matter how old they got they were always around each other like they always had a source of family um and so for me like dealing with all that like they were always there for each other so for me I don't have that op like obligation or like almost like want or like feel of like responsibility to take care of them you know what i mean yeah um and i don't blame it entirely on that because obviously like that's a two-way road you know what i mean like if i want to like i take the steps to go change that yeah um but obviously i didn't you know for my own reasons and i think for me like i don't know i kind of set it on my head or like in my head that uh i'm more focused on like changing like the i guess the circle the continuation of like not having that family around the like, cycle yeah you know what i mean and uh just kind of being able to like focus on like what i do want to create and stuff like that but again like it it kind of just fucking sucks to know that like at one point like i'm just going to forget everything you know what i mean and i think for me it's kind of just it's put it in perspective for me on and i think it's why i'm so like urgent to try and do something um or i'm so like i have big aspirations and i want to do a lot of shit and i just think that i want to do too much shit rather than like trying to dial in on one um because i know like i may be around the same time as most people but i may not actually be here yeah the same amount of time you know what i mean because like we never know if it comes faster as it, you know, goes down the generation or even if it, like, just, like, slowly works its way out. If it increases, like, we don't know. You know yeah. what I mean? No, so, I get you. I don't know. I think the biggest thing for me is, like, swallowing that pill and, like, you know, the conversation that I've had with my brother, like, you know, do I even want to continue on that cycle of, like, you know, my kids are going to be like, all right, like, we're going to lose our minds at one point. You know what I mean? And, like, it's fucked up to think about. And, like, you know, you obviously have to decide that. And, you know, explaining that to uh, your significant other, like, if you do, if I do end up getting to that point where, like, we're getting serious and, yada, you know, like, later down the road and whatnot, um, you know, explaining to them, like, hey, bro, like, uh, at some point, like. It's a possibility that this happens. Yeah. 
And then, like, that's a huge, like, commitment. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I think that that's a part of illness that a lot of people also really don't talk about is the relationship aspect of it, uh, which is something I've gotten to see firsthand also is that part. And and I think we'll talk about that a little bit more later, but it, it's just it's really complicated to tell a person, hey, this is something that, you know, either something that onsets or that you are in a relationship already and you're like, okay, well, you know, I want, I want us to get married because of this or I want us, you know, like, and for that, you know, it's, it's hard for the person that's going through it, but it's also going to be hard for the person that is committing to that because that means, you know, one day they either might have to take care of that person entirely or they, you know, they might lose them before they're really ready to or whatever it might be yeah because like i can't even imagine like watching my grandparents like my grandmother has gotten violent with my grandfather you know what i mean like whether it be like you know she's picked up a knife and you know pointed it towards him um she's like called the cops on him um and obviously like they've been married for 50 60 some years you know what i mean so imagine spending all this time with somebody and then thinking, you know, I know what I'm signing up for. And then no one tells you, like, yo, you have no idea what the fuck you're about to see, bro. Because this per like, that trigger, when it flips, is, like, a literal, complete different human being. It is insane to see. Yeah. And there's, like, little triggers that you can kind of see, like, slowly start to, like, build up. And then you'll see it, like, like, when my grandmother, like, we've noticed that, like, when she starts, like, really looking around a lot... And then she'll start breathing, like, super heavy. So we'll try and, like, make her laugh to, like, try and, like, snap her out of it. Because mm-hmm. if you don't, she'll, like, start getting her in her own head. And then all of a sudden it'll snap. And she'll, like, she'll either, like, say something, like, super out of pocket. Or she'll just, like, start throwing mad attitude, like, if we're out in public or something like that. Um, and it's just, like, a complete 180. And you're, like, yo, what the fuck just happened, bro? Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's definitely, like, it's fucked up. It's it's definitely fucked up to not only have to deal with, but I think watching somebody basically dwindle in front of you um, yeah. and diminish is probably one of because she she looks like uh, like <laughs> like I love my grandmother, but she looks like a bag of bones right now. You know what I mean? Like she's maybe a buck fifteen, buck ten. Yeah. You know, and she doesn't cook food anymore, bro. But I'll tell you what, bro. Back in the day, like my grandmother's cooking was like she put Gordon Ramsay to shame type shit. You know what I mean? Like, she was second to nobody in the kitchen. And the last time she cooked for my grandfather was, like, a year and a half ago, almost two years ago. You know, so, I don't know. It's just crazy to think about. Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, it's fucked. But, uh, I don't know. With the amount of conversations that I've had with, you know, my dad and my mom and just kind of, like, continuously like talking it out and kind of again making jokes because me and my cousin make jokes and you know we all have the same on running joke like we're fucked (laughs) you know what i mean and it's just kind of like we'll fuck around with each other and uh like if i ask like if i would ask you to like hey bro can you pass me that and then you pass me it i would put it down and be like hey bro can you pass me that (laughs) and then my cousin would be like and i'd be like ah gotcha (laughs) and they're like bro that's so fucked up and we're like yeah But, again, like, it's just... It's how you cope. Yeah, bro. Being fucked up is how you cope. And if you're in too sensitive to handle that shit, um, good luck dealing with what you have to deal with, bro. Because... Yeah. Goddamn. Yeah. So, 
I wanted to talk about this because my so my dad uh when i was around 12 got diagnosed with parkinson's he was like one of the youngest men to ever get diagnosed with it uh i think i've talked about this before on the podcast but it's basically a like neurological decay disease also uh, but it basically messes with your olfactory nerves or your um like motory your motory skills yeah not olfactory but your motory skills uh, and there's a lot of different ways that it can mess with it down to the way you walk, the way that you hold things, pick things up, talk. It does a lot of things, uh, most commonly attributed to like head shakes or body trembles, but it's not always. Um, so that's kind of something that I've dealt with from a pretty young age. And then over when the pandemic hit, and the sickness became down. Um, about a year after it hit, my mom got diagnosed with cancer. So, and she goes on chemo, she goes on meds and everything like that. And it's kind of, it's a scary diagnosis, you know. It's it's hard because. If you don't want me asking, do you know what kind of cancer she was diagnosed with? I know she has cancer in the liver and I think a form of breast cancer. Uh, I try not, I, this is going to sound fucked up. I try not to know too much. Yeah, no. And it's kind of like how I said before, like, cause obviously like you're just going to continuously think about it more and more. Yeah. I, I'm a worrier. I, I'm a paranoid person. I have really bad anxieties. And so sometimes in situations, it, it is better for me to not know certain things. And so I will sometimes kind of just push it back. Um, which sounds fucked up. Especially because, you know, it's my own mom and I love her. But it's also my peace of mind that I think that there's a level of, like, fighting with that you kind of have to do. So she gets diagnosed... Uh, gets on meds and everything, and she's fighting it pretty well, and everything's kind of clearing up. Yesterday, I get a phone call, um, and get told that her meds aren't working, and the tumor's doubled in size, and there's kind of more showing up. Which is a scary phone call um, to kind of get... Because you don't really know where 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 to go from there, you know. Yeah, I mean, you kind of get that dropped in your lap, and I think anybody like in any situation, like whether you have had it happen to you, like whether you can relate or not, like just obviously the thought of it, like you can't really like. There's, yeah. There, there's no there's no real words for that. You it, know what I mean? I think it's hard because I have this weird dichotomy dichotomy with my parents and illness and everything and it's when my dad got diagnosed he gave a uh, and he went and got the surgery he went uh, had an interview and in the interview he says getting diagnosed with parkinson's it's worse than getting diagnosed with cancer 
because at least cancer there's a chance you, you know they have steps you can take they have ways to combat it in some sort parkinson's you just kind of have to wait and let it take you because eventually what happens with parkinson's is your motor skills kind of just completely shut down almost entirely not always but for the most part yeah um and so now I'm playing this this wonderful game of like I can see both forms of decay. Which which is an awful way to put it, but it is, you know, it I wanted us to talk kind of about illness because there's never it's one of those things that almost feels so hush hush to talk about. It's like you don't want to talk about. It. You don't want anybody to know what's going on. You you know like it's a pain you'll never understand. But yet it's so prevalent in like pop culture. Yeah. One of the highest grossing shows, Breaking Bad. The main plot line is main character had cancer. I need money. Yeah. Because I had cancer. Yeah. Uh, the new Marvel movie, one of the newest Marvel movies, Thor: Love and Thunder, main plot line, uh, cancer. Yeah, or even you know the whole thing with Chadwick Boseman and him not even coming out about him having cancer. Yeah, and everyone calling him a crackhead because all of a sudden that he was losing weight and he looked very sickly, and people you know obviously jumped at his neck and stuff like that, and then obviously he passes, and everyone's like, "What the fuck happened?" Yeah, and then it comes out that he lost his fight yeah and that obviously you know people he didn't share that with anyone because you know for whatever his own reason it's private or it's just you you don't want pity or you know whatever it is and he's filming like these mo like some of the most iconic like in body intensive yeah whether it be black panther jackie robinson malcolm x like this dude was playing huge iconic roles for the culture of black people while battling cancer, nobody knew it except obviously the actors and stuff like that and actresses that, you know, talked a lot about of them it. also didn't know. Some of the Black Panther did because they talked yeah. about it like afterwards, obviously, and they were like, you know, we obviously kept his, you know, like his privacy is his thing and, um, you know, just watching him work through it and stuff like that was like, you know, insane and shit like that. But yeah, just like. It's very a lot more common in whether or not people talk about it or not, but I feel like a lot more people have things going on with them that obviously they let out. Yeah. And I don't think we really keep that in the back of our head. Yeah. Uh so I wanna kinda talk about the reactions that you the reaction that you typically will have whenever, you know, either somebody tells you that they're sick or, or you know, whenever you either hear their diagnosis or receive or, you know, whatever it might be and kind of how that can impact your process moving forward or your relationship with that person. So, Oh dude. I think that if you are on the end that is telling people, there needs to be an understanding of, processing there, there needs to be an understanding of like this person is going to process this however they need to uh, but also you must vocalize what you need so for me whenever 
whatever my dad told us, I, I didn't really have a concept of what that meant, you know. Uh, I I hadn't lost anybody at this point, so I it, the the pieces didn't really click. Yeah. Of like what that meant, it wasn't really like real. Yeah, and you know, it was something that was so minor at that point that it, it wasn't even a consideration. You know, he still looked perfectly fine, moved healthily, like couldn't tell anything. Yeah. Whenever my mom told me she got diagnosed, though. I had already kind of been in a place where I've lost people. I've lost a lot. And I have a far far better understanding of kind of that, what the scope of that looks like. Uh, And so I remember I just like walked outside. Uh, My mom's house has a beautiful backyard. It's right by a mountain. So it's like beautiful. It's very cool out um and it was like sun was just setting i remember walking outside and just like sitting down and my mom's wife comes out and she just like sits next to me and is like are you okay and i'm like no <laughs> she's like i know it's scary and i know you want to feel the worst and panic and freak out she's like but you're not alone and right now, your mom needs you, and she needs you to be strong with her. And I remember in the moment, I was angry. I was like, how dare you? Like, in my mind, I, I just was like, how dare you tell me how to grieve, how, how to feel right now? Yeah. But I think that that's a super selfish way to think about it, because... As bad as it is, as bad as it feels for you to to be in the position where like this person may exit your life or or you you are receiving this information, that person also received it. That person is also going through it with by themselves, independently, because you know the, the people around them aren't experiencing it, and the people around them aren't at risk of this, and so there's that part that stuck with me of like, you do need to stay strong. You, you have to in some form or another be able to be like, I can put the tears away to make sure that I'm here for you. And and not in a way of like, you got to bottle everything up, but in a way of like, sometimes the best way to support somebody or, or to be, positive towards a diagnosis or an illness is by being like is is saving face and being like we can do this we're strong together yeah and i mean like obviously we always talk about like (laughs) smacks your elbow uh we always talk about like having those like time and places to like deal with our shit you know what i mean and i think that that's one of those where you like you said not really bottle it up but kind of just understand that you're gonna have to deal with that and cope with that on your own time and that in that moment like like and sometimes it's grieving with them too yeah and like for me like i'm very bad at like so for like the people who really suck at receiving bad information whether it be like to your own family or even like when you had told me you know what i mean like i Obviously, like, 
am the type of person, you know, I told you the same thing. Like, you know, obviously, if you need anything, I'm here for you. But for me, it's just like, what else do you say? Yeah. And also in the same sense, like a lot of people will try and be quick to comfort somebody. And it's like, dog, be careful because that can come off as pity. Yeah, and it's like you don't want to say the wrong thing and you don't want to say someone or you don't want to say something where kind of like how it was for you where you got angry and then you don't know if that person's going to end up holding that against you or just feel some type of way about you after. Like for me, it's just like... For me, obviously, like if I'm being straight up, like as soon as you told me, like for me, it was just more of like a... Because we've talked about how to, like, even earlier in podcasts, like, how to, like, really react to it and not make it about yourself. Like, yeah. And and that's been a huge thing for me is, like, not trying to make any situation, like, oh, like, I feel you because of this, like, yada, yada, and not trying, like, basically match what you're going through with my own experience. Because not only can I never relate to that, because I haven't gone through that, but also in the same sense, it's not fair to you and your feelings as a human being for me to try and match that. So, which is why like I've learned that your responses have to be like, again, like be super unselfish. And which is why like, again, you know, you kind of understood like, what do you really say to that? But as long as that, you know, you let that person know like, yo, like I can't, I like, I told you, like I couldn't even imagine what you were going through, but as long as you know, like I got you, like that's, that's all I really can be. Yeah. I think that if you were the person in Brennan's sake where, you know, your your friend receives news about a person or something, it is just a a very simple, like, hey, man, that's tough, and I'm here if you need anything. And that's it. You don't need to linger on it. You don't need to ask them how they feel. Like, you, I think sometimes you can. It just kind of depends. But for the most part, they will tell you what they want to tell you things like how do you feel they will answer that without you having to ask if they really want to talk about it most of the time at least in my case and my experience they will probably share because we want to talk about these things we want to talk about the things that hurt and and upset us or don't make us feel good you know and so having the layer of just knowing hey i'm here to listen or whatever you need when you need it is sometimes all that you need to say to to be either a good friend or to comfort or to help that person process. Um, it doesn't. You you don't need special words. You don't need you know it, the secret recipe. Yeah, you know, it's not the like the patty formula. Yeah, you don't need an answer. You don't need some type of like oh like all right. Well, I'm gonna like you don't have to go like posing not- hypotheticals like just. Yeah, and, like, a lot of people will try and, like, do, like, you know, the extra mile and, like, taking somebody out and doing this and doing that. But it's, like... And if that's what that person wants or you... that But that's just what I was about to say. Like, ask that person, like, bro, like, would you be cool with, like, doing Do you want to go out? Yeah, like, like, do you want to go do something, bro? Try to get your mind off of it. Like, you know, I had one of the homeboys hit me and was, like, bro, like, I'm down bad. And I was, like, all right, bro, like, I'm going to slide through. Like, I got you. We can go on a drive or some bullshit like that. Like, we'll just go do something. And... He was like, all right, fuck it. You know what I mean? Like, even if they want to or not, like, just giving the option and not really, like, doing too much, but more of kind of, like, just, like, hey, bro, like, I'm here Hopefully for you. in a comfortable space. Yeah, like, and obviously give them choices and, like, really, 
try yeah. and that's really all you can do to like try and help somebody out is try to give them the option of like being able to tell you where they want to go or like what they want to do with that information and situation that they have and that doubles to if you're the person who is correlated to the diagnosis so is so for me my example for my sake it'd be me to my mom um because i think naturally i am a person who wants to fix things i, I want to be like okay how how can i push this to be a positive how can i push this to try to be better and not the situation it is now but i can't fix this I, I i can't change it i can't make it better and i think those are always the hardest things for people to deal with is the fact it, on both ends of either if you're in my position or if you're in brendan's position for the sake of like you kind of just have to be okay with saying like let's find the best that we can out of it because we can't fix it. We can't solve, you know, we can't cure cancer. We can't cure Parkinson's. We can't cure Alzheimer's or dementia, but we can try to make the most of what we have now. We can try our best to value every moment or, you know, just do anything, but try and waste our breath on fixing something that we have no control over. Yeah, and I think that's, you know, obviously, like, I think that's humans' biggest battle in life is, especially for the people, you know, like you and me who are big, you know, we have heavy hearts, and we, you know, we lead very heavily with our hearts, you know what I mean, towards everything about the people who we care about and the people, you know, who are near and dear in our hearts and shit like that. Like, we're just very passionate with them. Um, and you know, you're the type of person that, like you said, like you always want to help out and you always want to be able to fix something. Um, cause I think in past times you always have been able to fix something. Um, and you always have been able to kind of do something to try and further something along. Yeah. And obviously having that option taken from you, um, is a big gulp to swallow. Um, and it's a very big uh just fucking basically punching the nuts like where you're gonna have to sit here and eat it and uh that shit's not easy and i think anybody dealing with those type of situations like it's entirely going to be based off of your perspective yeah Um. and and entirely how you kind of attack this and you know you're the only person who knows your own mental um you're the only person who knows, like, how you think on a daily. Um, and, you know, as shitty as it is with your experience of losing people, um, you know how you cope. And yeah. you know how you cope negatively, and you know how you cope that works. Yeah, let's let's talk about coping. Let's talk about positive and non, uh, healthy and non-healthy forms of coping. Uh, what... Obviously, you kind of alluded to some of your coping mechanism. Yeah, I'm a big out of sight, out of mind person, and I've done that shit with a lot of the just kind of bullshit that I've been through. Um, I'm big, like, I'm going to just cut it out of my life and not really worry about it no more. Um, Whether it came to, like, 
relationships, heartbreak, uh, my grandparents, um, anything really. It was just kind of like, I'm just not even going to think about it. Like, I'm not even going to worry about it. But the shitty part about that is when it does decide to pop back up, it hits double. All, everything comes rushing back. You know what I mean? Like, everything comes back tenfold. And it's like in your face now. You know what I mean? It's like it's like watching skinny Captain Rogers before the machine as like this little problem. And then after the machine. Big old buff man. Yeah, you got a big honky white boy in your face like, what's up now, motherfucker? This is yeah. America's ass. You know what I mean? Like, you're fucked. Oh. I actually watched that movie the other day. He was like, damn, that is America's ass. Do you think PP <laughs> changed when he went through machine? Imagine, bro. Imagine he's like a, at a, like a solid four, and he walks out, and he's just hanging twelve, hanging twelve, dude. He's just that's, he, that's <laughs> the, my favorite surfing <laughs> trick. Hanging, hanging twelve. 12. <laughs> yeah. You know, he walks out and turns to the left a little bit too fast, and everyone hears a. You know what I mean? <laughs> I thought you were gonna say he knocks everything off the table. <laughs> that too, bro. You know what I mean? Hit somebody in the face. Ah, oh, my bad, dude. I my hey, bad. whoa! He looks down. Whoa! That's crazy. <laughs> he, like, steps out. He's got the weird walk, you know? Yeah. Like, pulling one leg. He's got to, like, roll it up, you know? Like, Put a little bow tie on by it. the foot. <laughs> oh. I... What a good bit. For my <laughs> coping, I think that I have the tendency, which I think a lot of people do, other than the comedy bit, I think a lot of people throw themselves into work. Which is kind of my instinct because as soon as I found out, the first thing that I thought was like, I gotta go to the shop. Like, I, I either gotta pick up a shift, I gotta go down do some woodwork, I gotta start editing. Like, I, I just gotta work. Stay busy. Yeah, because uh, if you stay busy, you can't think about it. And I think that it helps me. It, doing woodwork has helped a lot. Editing, I have to actively be thinking most of the time, so that doesn't help me. <laughs> that is working, but woodwork. There's a lot of points where, like, I'm planing things or I am jointing things or I'm, like, I've already done all my measurements. Now it's just kind of... Yeah, kind of just brain dead shit. Yeah, or I'm sanding and it's a lot of, like, dead time where I have just time to listen to my podcast, listen to my music, or just listen to the... Yeah. And, like, think. And so I think woodwork has actually put me in a lot more of a positive mindset for healing and that's why whenever traumatic stuff happens to me or I'm not feeling the best, it's kind of my go-to, like, oh, I wish I could go to the shop right now. Because, and, you know, obviously this isn't a very helpful solution for everybody, but, you know, find something that you can do. A lot of people drive. Yeah, um, I used to go on fad drives, bro. Like, I ain't gonna lie. I think it was just to me. Like, obviously a lot of people are like this because, you know, a lot of people like views, but I used to try and find just, like, different view spots yeah a lot of people like to go hiking yeah i I think if you can find something i used to like want to go hiking and then i hiked one time and i was like fuck this yeah no i don't like like my whole thing was like hiking to smoke a joint at the top of a mountain and then i got at the top and i was like bro my lungs don't. i'm gonna stumble down (laughs) yeah i was like i was like bro my lungs don't even want to smoke this bitch and i'm gonna fall once i go down yeah i i remember the, the point being find Something you can do, if it's work-wise, if that's kind of your coping mechanism, find something you can do that is non, 
labor intensive. That, that doesn't take you being focused 100% of the time. You can shut off and just think for a little bit because it allows for you to process. And then whenever things get a little too heavy, you are re-engaged. You are still working. And you kind of have this now dance that you're doing where you are healing, you're processing, you're grieving, you're letting things go through you. Yeah, there's and, times where, like, if I'm in the crib, like, I really just go sit in the car while I'm smoking a bowl and just scream to the top of my lungs singing music. Yeah, I mean, th- I'm that's... Just like, oh! That is something for people's music therapy, you know, finding... Bro, music is, like, my shit, dog. Like, I love music. I go through stages with music where I, like... It is all that I want to listen to. It's, like, I love it. I love listening to it and everything. And then I'm, like, eh, you know, it's great. I love it, but I'm not about it right now. Yeah, no, I feel you. Yeah, I'm always I'm always on some shit with music. I ain't gonna lie. Music's my shit. The last thing that I kind of want us to touch on is closure. Which is a bitch. Yeah, so closure can come with either the diagnosis or whenever things reach the end. You, you know, the, the, it, the ick has had its run with whoever. Um, and I think that you usually will have two forms of closure. You'll have the form that is whenever you, the diagnosis happens and then whenever you know, whatever the outcome is, whether it be that it's gone or the worst or whatever, you know, or if it's in the case of like my dad with Parkinson's, it is just kind of a ongoing thing that you kind of have to just readjust to, you know, uh, how do you feel like you can find closure? Um, or what is the biggest problem with people in closure? I think they want an answer. Everyone always wants like a solidified reason or an answer as to why something happened or as to why things turned out the way they did, no matter how much good or how much things that they were supposed to do that they did. Like, you know, you can do all, do everything you're supposed to. And, you know, someone who's had a heart attack or, you know, even the, you know, smallest minor things. Yeah. Um, and they're like, you know, maybe you just have to lose some weight, like yada, yada, this and that. And then, you know, the person still ends up passing, you know, people are asking like, why? Like they did all these things. Like they did that, what they were supposed to like, yada, yada. Like, why did this happen? Like, why did they deserve that? Yada, yada, this and that. And I think it gets to a point where it's like, one, you don't deserve that answer because if you're the person grieving that loss that is between that person and whatever the fuck created us. In my opinion. Yeah. I think... <sighs> I'm going to be spiteful for a second. I'm going to be a little angry for a second. I think that my... I think that closure pisses me off sometimes or makes me really frustrated with people. Not because they struggle to find it in or accept that they just can't always have it. But I think that there are people who find closure in religion or they find closure in their form of spirituality, whatever that might be, be it religion, the universe, whatever it is. And I think that whenever this time, this news hit me, my first thought 
kind of post immediate reaction was ain't that some shit I don't have someone I can pray to I don't have something I can be like I'm just gonna put good energy and I know it'll come back because I've done that for years I've tried to put good energy out there and been like it'll come back and you know overall in my life I've been very lucky still but I don't have that thing I can turn to and be like I'm going to say a prayer and I know it'll be okay. Something's looking for me. I know I'm going to put good energy into the universe and I know it'll be okay because I'm putting good energy so the universe will provide for the thing that I need. And I think that makes me really spiteful and bitter in all honesty of like, yeah, and I I was just about to say it's almost like not having that obviously like you're bound to be angry because a lot of those people who, you know, and obviously, you know, I was one of these people in the shoes where it was almost like you can look at somebody and be like, bro, how can you just say, like, I'm going to chalk it up, like, to this, and they'll take care of it. You yeah, know what it, I mean? it, and it's like this but, rapid form of thought. But, like, on the other hand of that, how else is somebody supposed to cope without any answers? The same way I do. Yeah, but not everyone's wired like you yeah i know and that that's my point is like i it is me saying i wish that i could do this i wish that i could just believe yeah for, no, no i feel you for and an I, hour to be okay yeah and i think that but ob- i can't and, and, and obviously like most people are like well have you tried yes i've tried stupid i've tried most of my life um, believe it or not and i think that it's more of like a It'll come to a point because I think, and obviously I haven't talked to you about this, but I think I'm slowly starting to not get to the point of religion, but start to believe in something, a faith, in a faith of the way I kind of see it is like, I actually prayed for the first time in like God knows how long, like the other night, like, I don't know what kind of drove me to that point, but it was just more of like a I'm gonna talk to myself and I'm gonna believe that something hears me and So you're falling more into agnostic right now. And I've always been kind of agnostic yeah. of like believing that there is something out there. We're and gonna have to do a religion revisited episode at some point. Yeah, because I'm kinda changing on it. And yeah. and so for me it's like I see why people believe in religion and walk down that path of, like, this keeps me in this lane. Corridor. You know what I mean? And I and I completely get that, because, honestly, if there wasn't some hinges on some people, we would have some very, very wicked monsters in the world. Yeah. And I think it would be very chaotic. Um, but also, in the same sense, I think if people had the open consciousness to know, I don't have to live such a strict life. But I can also live a morally good life or be a morally good person and, you know, kind of give, like, these problems or these bits and pieces and, like, just know, like, if I keep being a good person or if I keep doing these things, like, if I keep busting my ass, if I keep doing this, if I keep doing this, like, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. At some point, it's going to break. You know what I mean? And I think that's kind of, like, what what really drives people and like obviously people explain it however they want to and stuff like that. And 
um, you know, some people really do get very theatrical with it and very like, yeah, really want to run with it, you know. And I think I try and just keep it in the most like simplistic terms of like, I I'm slowly starting to gain faith in giving the shit that I can't control to whatever it is out there. Yeah. And hopefully the energy, whatever actions I take, trying to help people, trying to just be a good person will in turn hopefully bring that back to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think that. I think what led me kind of down this train of thought also was that my mind immediately starts leapfrogging to the worst idea, like the worst possible outcome, which is that in a couple months, my mom passes. Yeah. Um, Which is something that I don't even really want to think about. Uh, or like put out there, I guess. Yeah. But that, you know, state of mind kind of hits, and I was like, "What would my family say?" And the fear immediately of like them bringing up God, or like that she's in a better place, like you know she's in heaven now, or you know all these other things that she didn't even really believe in, or that you know, are complicated on her beliefs or, or for me are complicated and not necessarily either fully realized or there with them, especially mm-hmm. of like, how dare you? How dare you tell me that like, you know, it's, it's all part of the plan or that, you know, she just didn't pray enough or I didn't pray enough or, or whatever it is like, And you know everybody grieves in their own way. Yeah, and no, I was just about to, I was just about to say the same thing. Like, you know, as angry people get, or as you know, pay, you know, you kind of hear somebody say some like kind of outlandish shit, and you're like, "But that's really fucked up for you to say." That in their head at that moment is the best thing that they think that they're doing. Yeah, and in like I think if you understand the intention, no matter what is there. It obviously like it varies based off the situation. Yeah. You know what I mean? If like someone's like, Yeah, you know what I mean? You're gonna be like, All right, I'm about to put a bullet in your fucking head. Yeah. But obviously, like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, like if someone says something that, you know, tries to whether or not they know you believe or how you feel about the afterlife and stuff like that, like you just know that their intentions are in the right place. And I think with that it's just more of a kind of understanding and being like, I'ma just let it slide and say thank you and keep it pushing. You know what I mean? And I think that's what most people don't understand is, like, they want to let their anger out on somebody. Yeah, that is part of grief. For, because we're running a little long, closure for me, have an understanding that there's not always a rhyme or a reason. You can't always have done something. You can't always have either fixed it or given a solution or prayed better or put better vibes out it's not always a situation of there's something to do there's always more sometimes it's just how life happens and you kind of have to be willing to accept that and it sucks it doesn't feel good and it doesn't make you happy but also holding on to it and trying to say, I I just need to understand. I just need rhyme. I just need reason will only hurt you further because you won't allow yourself to heal. Yeah. And I think that kind of in the same sense of like, 
kind of like how you said, but for me, the more I think about it, it's just perspective-based. Like, the more you try and ask more questions or try and put more into it, the more only more hurt and stress you're going to get out of it. And I think that a lot of people just need to... If you didn't get an answer or if you didn't get a specific reason for why something happened, I think your mindset just is you're not meant to. And I think you need to find your own answer. I think you need to just really come to terms with Find your peace. Yeah. You know, and <clears throat> and kind of just go from there, you know, because that's all you really can do unless you're going to fucking dig yourself in this hole that's going to be a lot harder to get out of than where you started out. Yeah. But it's been a pretty heavy episode. So let's come up for air. Big facts. So you're going to a nutritionist? Yeah, hella. I want to spend a lot of money on... Well, not a lot of money, but I definitely want to spend a good amount of guap on... uh, I've been watching these videos of people who go... They basically just talk about like what a nutritionist does for you. And I think that everybody... Everybody's body, obviously, is different. All of our bodies react to food and things. That's why some people have different allergies than others. Yada, yada, the whole nine yards. Um... And I think that a lot of people underestimate the fact that, that if you go to a nutritionist and they do all the blood type or the blood samples and the testing and they literally tell you what you should and shouldn't be eating based off of your DNA. Mm-hmm. And so, like, there's this dude who actually the one of the main guys for the Red Hot Chili Steppers. He has the big black mustache. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he went on Joe Rogan's podcast and he basically talked about going to a nutritionist. And he was like, I've been through... A vegan diet. I went through a uh, paleo diet. He was like, I've been through an uh, pescatarian. Pescatarian. Yes. Um, and he's like, I've done it all. He was like, and then I went to this nutritionist, and they were like, you need to be eating wild animals, so like kangaroo and fucking deer and like wild animals, like actual out in the open animals. And he didn't believe it at first, and then he started eating it. And he was like, I've never felt stronger, faster, smarter, and just overall healthier in my life. How much money does it take? I don't know. How much is a nutritionist? Well, that's what I want to find out because, you know, that's why we see, you know, that's why we've seen LeBron James and Tom Brady do what they do for 20 plus years. Because they go to nutritionists. And they have somebody tell you, you need to be eating this and this amount at these times every day consistently and your body will last and they go okay obviously amongst other therapies of healing you know the body and different shit like that but nutrition has to do with a lot of you know because you know the best way to compare it is like you're telling me it's not just a pyramid the pyramid doesn't just make you good remember that shit no you didn't have the food pyramid i don't remember it i don't remember what's in it but I know that the, the, you didn't have, know. like, the food pyramid. It was a little triangle that they had. It, I'm not talking about this. We're not talking about this. We're talking about this. No. You didn't have nutri- the food pyramid, and then there'd be, like, wheat. And it'd basically, like, be a nutrition table that shows, like, what I feel like, I, bro, I smoke way too much to remember shit like that. <sighs> I'm sorry. Anyway, I know y'all remember it. Food pyramids. Michelle Obama or something. Maybe. Um, she said pizza was cool. Fucking Michelle Obama, bro. <laughs> um, but yeah, nonetheless, I do want to go to a nutritionist and I want to kind of get dialed in on what I should and shouldn't be eating. I think it'd be very interesting. Um, cause what if they're like, 
you need to be on a $10,000 diet. And I'm going to be like, I'm dying. Fuck it. That's not happening. Yeah, it's definitely not going to happen. You know what I mean? You need to eat fresh Wagyu and bone marrow every day. Oh, bro. I wish, (laughs) bro. I would move somewhere that I need to. And I'll... I'll go to yeah, I'll go to Japan and work in one of the finest kitchens and I'll be like, I will scrub your shit fucking clean, bro. Here, here, here. I just need bone marrow and wagyu every day. <laughs> I will spit shine this hoe clean, bro. You know what I mean? Uh, but yeah, I definitely but I'm also ho- hoping that this motherfucker doesn't look at me and go, You need to be vegan. Cause I love meat, bro. <laughs> I, I don't think that they would tell you you need to be fully vegan. I think they'd be like, you need to intake. More vegetables. Yeah, like more greens than anything. And I yeah. think that would be very hard as well. You just eat a lot of salads. You look like a salad. I am wearing cactuses. Yeah, you trying to get your salad tossed or what? Sheesh. Sheesh. What about you, bro? What are you trying to come up with? <laughs> so I want to talk about a new set. Facts. So if you take a look around, there's a lot of white wall here. Um, We're going to do some things. we got some stuff planned for the podcast right now Um, that I'm kind oh. of excited about. We can't paint this, huh? I don't know. If we can get a film over this, I think we should call our buddy who's really good at artist, artistry, art, <laughs> and have him paint our logo. That'd be cool. That'd be fucking sick. Be cool if he like spray painted it. Like a mural? Yeah. Yeah. That'd be really cool. I'd have to ask though. That would be because we rent. Anyway, uh, yeah, yeah sure. that also changed where we're filming at. Originally, we were at his crib. Now we're at mine, uh, so we have a little bit more space. Which is located at... No, I'm just playing. <laughs> <laughs> Albuquerque, New Mexico. Um, Hello. So we're going to be putting some stuff up in the background. We're going to be overhauling some pieces throughout as the set evolves to make it a little bit more homely, a little bit more lively and cool-looking and active. Um, along with changing kind of what it looks like whenever a guest is on um, and a whole bunch of stuff. But now it'll be easier for us to have guests on and do some other things that we kind of have planned for the show that we want to A little to. bit more roomier, a little bit more wobbier. You know yeah, mean? some some cool stuff that we have kind of in the pipeline. Brennan's going to be working on getting clips and socials out here pretty soon. Hello. A little bit more consistent. Y'all might see a fucking couch podcast if we have a good big group of people. Yeah. Uh, but when I, when we were... I set the room up, and the day after I set it up, or a couple days after, I got the arms and everything to come in and everything. And it was me and my roommates just sitting in here chatting. And I was like, see how funny we are? Because we're in the podcast set. <laughs> I was like, we're we're even more funny than normal, because we're just sitting here in the podcast set, and they're all like, "You're dumb as fuck." Oh uh, no, they were kind of going with it because they were like, "We we are kind of being really funny right now. We are rolling right now." Uh, and then I asked them a question, and I'm going to ask you the same question, which is, if you could learn anything in the world, if you could ask a genie, and he would be like, "You can either learn any skill or just learn anything about the world," what would you learn? Question goes to you two people out oh, there in the if, cyberspace. If I could know anything, yeah, I would know the history and the entire story of the human civilization on Earth. Valid, good pick. Wholeheartedly, how the pyramids were built, how everything got yeah, here—just human history, bro. 
every, I want to know it all. Fair. And then I'm going to make so much money telling everybody, you're a fucking idiot. That's wrong. You'd also look like a psychopath. Everybody I would, would look think like you're a crazy. Psychopath. But I would have all the evidence to back it up because the genie would be like, this happened because this happened. And then yeah. this happened because this happened. And then people wouldn't be able to put two and two together and be like, bro, you're fucking crazy. There's no way you came up with that. I'd be like, you're right. I didn't. A genie told me. You dumb bitch. I said that I'd either want to know what happens after death or. That's a, that's a good pick. Or. That, that's a good pick. Or how do magnets work? What do you mean? Magnets. How do they work? It's all theory-based. We don't actually fully know. Really? Yeah. It's like the electrons are like pulled towards each other, but we don't really know why. Like There's energy, and you could put your hand between it. So you have two big magnets. They're drawn to each other. You could put your hand between it, and they're reverse polarities, and you don't feel anything. There's no force that you can feel tension-wise. Then you leave your hand there, flip one of the magnets, your hand's going to get crushed yeah. by the force. Yeah. How did the fuck that happen? How did that work? I don't know. It's the same thing with the pyramids. Like some dude was like, I went into the Great Pyramid in Egypt. He was like, I climbed to the you top. You that they found tunnels? Yeah. Oh, anyway. Bruv. Too I'm much. We'll talk you. about these next week. We're running so long, but yeah. we're just breaking in the new set. Yeah, we really are. We're really just enjoying ourselves. I could really sit here and talk for so much longer than I used to. Like towards that hour mark, bro, my butt was falling asleep and I was really itching to get up out that seat. I'm I, feeling good. And it's cooler in here. Yeah, like I could really just kick it, bro. Yeah, it, it, we're gonna, like I said, we're going to overhaul this set, so it's going to look nice and pretty, too. Be a good time. What a fucking vibe, guys. But uh, if you want to see that, make sure you like, subscribe, follow the podcast, rate it, five do, stars. Do the thing. Very good. Great success. Shit, duh. Share it with your mama, your daddy, your dog. Everybody in their mama. But, uh, Brennan, where can they find you? Nowhere. Everywhere. Uh, Instagram, Twitch, Twitter, KillerB420, and uh, TikTok at KillerBDabs. You can find me at RQ on Twitch, TikTok, Twitter, and YouTube. I have new YouTube videos going live this week. I mean, new YouTube videos have been going live almost every day, but uh, these are like full content ones that aren't just me playing Hogwarts to 100%. <laughs> yeah, so go fucking check it out. Yeah. Or else, I'm going to come on you. Uh, I'm going to come. <laughs> <laughs> Be a good human being, man. Where can they find us? Oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> you can find us at on the next episode of Dragon Ball Z. Um, coming up for Aircast on Instagram, up for Aircast on Twitter. And up for Air Podcast on TikTok. Yeah, what he said. Yeah, but that'll do it for us. Hello. Later. I'm going to say it again. Be a good human being. See you next Wednesday.